Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Okay, welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I have a special guest today, uh, Benji, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. I, I don't know if I truly believe the special label, though. I feel like you tell all the guests that. <laughs> Caught me. <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to this discussion we got with uh, Ben, some of my favorite topics and his around self-leadership, around purpose, and around career management and finding a great career and making a great career, more probably more appropriately. So, But before we get going into all those favorite talk, topics, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and who you are? Well, thank you for the warm introduction, Rick. It's Again, it's a pleasure to be here. I have a background in organizational leadership. I'm kind of a values geek. I did my awesome. my research on person-job value congruence and the relationship between intrinsic and extrinsic job satisfaction. I feel like usually I don't say that mouthful, but I felt love like it. I could share it with you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, I just I just have this underlying foundational belief that we all need to live a value-aligned life and basically we make we create a life around ourselves that is easy and that's it's easier than to be more fulfilled and content and it's easier to make decisions uh, but that came from a lot of trial and error i did not always have a background in organizational leadership but uh, for the past 10 years uh, by the way that's my cat in the background who agrees with me awesome i could hear her uh, but for the past 10 years, I've been coaching in various capacities and learning about how to coach and others as well as myself. Uh, and when I, so I, I did, wasn't working, I was not working as a full-time coach. I was working in healthcare for seven years. But when I, uh, I felt really stuck in my position in my career. And I ended up in my career probably like a lot of other people uh, due, to, due to chance, due to what was available to me. So out of grad school, there was a tough recession that I was dealing with, so I worked odd jobs for two and a half years, went in and out of interviews, networked my butt off, eventually led myself working in an acute care hospital, which I never thought I'd be in. Okay. And at the same time, you know, during those two and a half years, I had a soul for entrepreneurship, ended up creating a part-time co side hustling coaching company, but an industry that I didn't really care about. And so I ended up, you know, seven years later in a job that I felt was draining my soul where I felt stuck, where I felt underutilized, and with a coaching business that I was kind of embarrassed to tell people what I was doing. I didn't really feel aligned with it. I was doing it because it was, it was working. And in the beginning, I felt like I had a message to share, but I stopped listening to the signs and, and my own feelings that it wasn't the right place for me to be. Okay. And so I finally hit a point of, of no return in a way where I, I sat down and asked myself, what am I doing with my life, and why am I spending my time doing things that I don't enjoy? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong learner of this industry of personal professional development, and I talk to people about this. Why am I not talking to myself about this? Yeah. And that hard look at my life and what I was good at, what I cared about, what challenges I wanted to face, you know, really highlighted the fact that coaching just kept coming up in various ways. You know, I ended up receiving a federal grant for free life coaching. I was selected for 16 months of free leadership training. Awesome. Uh, I, you know, serendipitously ended up creating my company because I was recruited to work for another company through a random conversation at a bar one day. You know, I, I was the guy at my organization where people came to me because I could calm them down from our negative and, de and destructive leadership that we had. And it, it just dawned on me that 
if I'm going to do anything with my career moving forwards, I, I first need to take control of it. And second, I need to I need to somehow move more into the coaching space that involves leadership development and professional development and helping others. Uh, yep. Help helping others do the same for themselves. So that led me to go back to school to get my doctorate. And because it, it really is the golden key, it opens doors, it gets people to listen and, and to a to a young 30-something-year-old kid. And took all my teachings from creating a coaching business from the prior five years and and put them to work. And it and lo and behold, I'm here today. Yeah. So I know. I mean, you've said a whole bunch of things that uh, I completely agree with, particularly around that once you're clear on your values. And you're aligned, it just makes it easy and things appear and approach. And not that there won't be hard work involved, but it's less willpower and uh, more clarity. So how did you get that clarity? Was it, and I know you teach clarity to your clients as well, so maybe this will segue into some of that, but in your own personal case, because I know people, a lot of people feel the same way you do, Ben. How do you stop and listen and get that kind of clarity. Have you got a personal or anecdotal story around that? Mm -hmm. it, there's something really interesting about clarity that I don't think people want to accept. Okay. And that there is a certain level of ambiguity to clarity. Yeah. <laughs> which seems like an oxymoron, but okay. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense, right? But the but healthy clarity comes from a lack of ego and attachment to what you decide to, oh, to invest wow, in. That is that is good. It, it comes from a, a lack of need for external achievement, mm -hmm. you know. And and so, if we're looking at healthy clarity, it really is understanding the the underlying things that you care about, and and basing your life not on did I achieve this or was I successful here, did this work out in the way that I expected it to, but instead was I able to apply my values in a way where I enjoyed my time. Or I felt that I was being challenged, or I felt true to myself in this moment. And so now we take away this whole idea of what I'm working towards, and instead we look at, you know, it, was I who I am while I was working on it? Which seems counterproductive when we're talking about achieving goals, but I think it's it's just a mindset that we all need to have to be able to, to, to be able to work towards our goals in a healthy way. Because we can have goals. Yeah. We can have, and, and, the, and not, I'm not talking about the goal next year. I'm talking about the goal in 40 years, some very large overarching goals, yeah. which which could just be, did I live a life that allowed myself to apply my values, that I invest in relationships that, that I felt were positive, that added value to my life? Do I now have a life that I truly was aspiring for? You know, whatever that is for you, it could be investing your time in certain levels of advocacy. It could be not working. It could be having certain type of relate certain types of relationships, and like those those are the goals I'm talking about. Not not just did I achieve X Y Z and yeah. And so we can we can we can work backwards from that those big goals, and we can find an infinite number of plans of paths that we could have taken. Yep. And so. Just to expand on this idea that that clarity isn't one specific thing, that it's some ambiguity. All of those paths are good, and in reflection, all of those paths will be good. And so, how do we then be okay with the fact that things may happen in our life where a path that we were on that we expected to work out doesn't work out? Right. And so that underlying belief then allows you to say, 
what are my values? What do I care about? And for me, the exercise that I like there is, if you don't know, if something just doesn't pop up for you, is to look at the memories in your life where you were happy, where you were excited, where you had a, a spark of interest, and to look at the memories of your life where you did not, and then to look for underlying themes, and to pull words from there, keywords from there, to then get you started on creating a list for your values, to then also, call, also, also cultivate a list of values that you would like to have, that you, would aspire, that you want to aspire to have. And then, you know, that, that's the easy part. The hard part is now defining those values to different portions of your life. What does that value mean for your work? What does that value mean for your personal life? What does that value mean for your relationships? And yes, this is a lot of front-loading work, but once you have this, all the other aspects of leading a life that is fulfilling or that you aspire to achieve becomes a lot easier. Yeah, well said. I love the idea of focusing on the process versus just the end result. That uh, when you feel flow or energy or spark, that's a, that tells you that that is in your value set or you're you're in you're you're aligned, if you will. Or in, you know, we're going to use the word later, and I use the word purpose, like you're fulfilling or you're inside that your strength set right there. So let's jump, Ben. I mean, that is awesome. Thank you. And I, I, think, I, I almost want ahead. to put an asterisk yeah. there, disclaimer, yeah. because I, I dedicated my life to the wrong purpose. So just disclaimer for everybody. Okay. Your purpose is a creation of yourself. And so your values also are a creation of your experiences, the people around you, your social upbringing, and yourself. And so at any given point in time, you could say, this doesn't serve me. And you can take a break or you can change your mind. Yeah. And it will be hard, but it's just this idea that we are always, we can, we are in control right? and everything we think is important is, is just self-created so we can always change it. Yeah. That's a really good point. And like, I, I believe mission statements or purpose statements that you don't change them every year, but certainly you can come down the road five years from now, or in your case, seven years and find that it's not serving you and then to get another moment of clarity or look inside again and see what you've learned because I, I don't know I'd be interested in your thoughts on this clarity for me is such an important first step it's foundational and it's so hard to do often it comes with stress because we're feeling incongruence and we're saying okay well what's going on right now I'm not particularly happy how do I you know slow down enough to get clarity about what I should be doing and uh, it sounds like even in your own story, and I can, you know, share events in my life, the same thing. So the, the importance of finding clarity is so important. So I'm glad you've highlighted it here today. But what I was going to ask is that one, one of the things I recommend in, in the book I was telling about you about Live Your Purpose in Chapter 4 is about how to develop that purpose. And thank you for adding the caveat that it, it can be changed. But I, I try to blend in the seven questions some memory questions, as you've highlighted, and now what I find with people, the harder questions is the forward-looking questions. So it's not just about looking backwards, because that may be your old self, but also try to look forward and forward-looking questions uh, on what your best self may be and trying to drive some clarity there. Any, any thoughts about that? Any feedback about that? We're 100% on the same page. I think we're reading the okay. same book. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that initial part of of setting your values and understanding what your why is and what you want to set your purpose to be at this point in time. After you get that, it's okay. What are my goals? Yeah. And, and that goal starts off at this grand vision. What does this grand vision mean? Let's, let's sit back and visualize 
what life can be like when you retire and then work backwards and see what some of those other paths may be. And from that work, select some goals that you want to work on for the next, you know, five year goals, three year goals, one year goals. And this is where the clarity comes in in terms of process. So then now you have this annual goal. So let's make that into monthly goals. And then let's take those monthly goals and make them into weekly goals. And then now you have your weekly goals. What are your daily goals? And this can seem overwhelming for people, but we're just talking about what's one thing you can do to move 1% forward towards what you want to achieve. And it usually is just one or two things that need to happen or one or two people that you need to meet. And we, we can get that clarity with just a little bit of focus. And I, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, are we cousins, second cousins or something? Maybe. Think- so let me test this thought with you then, Ben. I, I love I love how you're processing this. So I completely agree. Identify this big picture, this purpose, let's call it purpose or long-term goal. Break it down into yearly and then monthly, weekly planning, daily planning, not just to-do list, but prioritized, of course. Um, we haven't talked about that, but I'm sure you'd be aligned with that. So what what happens then, Ben, when I don't immediately hit my financial, spiritual, relationship, physical, weight, whatever goal I might be? What What advice do you give people when at first you don't succeed, yet you feel impassioned, you, you felt the clarity to derive these purpose, this purpose and these goals? What do you coach people to do when setbacks happen um Mm -hmm. and it may be big ones or it may be just little ones you know i haven't lost my five pounds or it might be lost a job you know tell me tell me uh, your thoughts about how to coach somebody that felt inspired to identify values goals purpose etc and is trying their very best to live it how do you coach them to overcome trials setbacks etc thoughts yeah i'd love to take a step back and just note that when it comes to self-leadership to continuously finding motivation and take action it's not just clarity it's confidence and control and and yeah these setbacks fall into the control category just to state that but then to directly answer what you said when when there are setbacks it's very difficult to handle them if your definition of a setback is failure Okay. Or if we have that ego attached to that goal and that achievement that we set up. Love it. Um, also, if we think it's the only way to achieve what we want to work towards, then we're also setting ourselves up for greater disappointment and demotivation. So this, the concept initially, like this is the groundwork again, Yep. that this is not the only way to get to where you want to go. It's one way that you're testing. Okay. And then really getting into their definitions, a client's definitions of what success and failure mean. Is success directly achieving this? It's losing five pounds or 10 pounds or getting that job. Or is success living a healthier life? Yeah. Is success working in this industry? Is success, you know, um, creating career capital so you can achieve something else. And so then, you know, taking like the, the job example, not getting a job can be deemed as a failure. It's this dream job. I need to have this job. Yeah. Well, ultimately, you don't know what the job is. You don't know how good, you know, what the work was going to be like. You don't know if you're going to truly enjoy it. A job is a gateway to get experience for something else, potentially, or to do the type of work that you love to do. And there's an unlimited amount of organizations for that. And so instead of seeing that one specific 
event as a failure, of course, you probably heard this before, you look at it as progress. But how do you make it progress? Okay, right. so what did you learn from the situation? Yeah. What relationships have you created from the situation? How can you go back to the people that said no to you and ask them for feedback or other referrals and connections? And so it's using a situation that you would deem as a setback as information to continue making progress towards the achievement of a goal, but then also seeing that experience as an application of your values and trying to find enjoyment from it. Okay. I love it. So what, what does the actual word control mean there in your three C's of self-leadership? And I do want to go back to confidence. Sorry to skip mm -hmm. ahead, but does it mean, you know, focus on what you can control or tell me more about the control part word you use there? Mm -hmm. So if, if we, if we, take it kind of through a continuous journey. So I have something I want to achieve or I want to live a life where I'm leading myself and procrastinating too much. I feel stuck. I feel underutilized. So I gain clarity on what I care about, mm -hmm. which is my motivation and how I'm going to screen decisions. And I set goals and objectives to what I'm going to work on. And to be able to do that, though, I need to believe in myself. So that we'll get into that. But then also I need to set the intentions. I need to live an intentional life to actually make progress. So control is is a couple of things. It's, it's one, the ability to continuously hold yourself accountable despite emotions that you have in any given moment. Oh, oh it's raining today, I don't wanna do work. Oh, my girlfriend broke up with me, I, I'm, too, I'm too sad to do anything that I need to do. You know, or I just don't really feel like getting out of bed. And so there's the balance between, of course, honoring yourself, taking care of yourself, yeah. but also holding yourself accountable. Mm. Controls all, and, and that comes with emotional awareness. How do I feel? Why do I feel that way? Being able to deconstruct those emotions so you can deal with failure, so you can deal with fear, so you can deal with this idea that I don't want to take a risk. Uh, but also the emotions of other people. So as I understand that, what other people think, what other people feel, what's going on in their life, so then I'm building an environment around me of people that also support me, an environment around me that helps promote my goals and the things that I care about. Yeah. And so that's really what control is. So um, let me just uh, test another idea with you here and see how it fits. I really like these three C's. Um, despite accountability, despite emotions, one of the reasons I love habits or routines is that you can build, because willpower is fleeting, as we just talked about, depending on your emotions of the day, the night, the, the week, uh, or, or people around you and their emotions. Um, one of the reasons I love habits to build that accountability and control and intention is that it almost becomes, you know, rich ritual in a good way. It's, it's just what I do. When I wake up, I do these seven things. This is how I start my day every day. Um, and that seems to really help with control or accountability despite emotions. Is that something you subscribe to or do you have uh, different ideas on that? Habits relate to this idea of like knowing what's going to move the needle forwards towards what you care about, knowing the types of people that motivate you, energize you, and that are positive to have around you. Yeah. And knowing the things that also drain you. Yeah. And and this whole idea of self leadership is ultimately creating an environment around yourself that, that makes life easier to live, that makes life more oriented towards what you care about. So hundred percent. When you know what works, you build that into your day. Yeah. And for some people, it's super structured. For some people, it's a little bit more relaxed. But I would hope, you know, that it becomes more of a lifestyle. Like, it's, you know, we talk about habits, but let's, let, you know, habits are technically also a lifestyle. How do we 
ingrain within our like imprint within our own lives the things that we want to achieve uh, excel towards and, and achieve because why wouldn't we want to do that or else why are we working towards something yeah i like your distinction between let's say call it chill or structured whatever it might be you know i i talked to somebody the other day that their their first half hour of the day this is an adult he plays to in order to relax his mind to get in the right tone and mood for the day he plays he plays something and it might even yeah. be a children's game but just to get uh rather than you know some structured uh habits or whatnot so yeah there's there's different type of habits or lifestyle if you will uh depending on that best life you're trying to live as you said so three c's uh, we've talked a lot about clarity now we jump to control to have you got more insights on confidence and how that fits into the uh, model on self-leadership. Mm -hmm. I, I created these three because I found that without all three, it becomes very difficult to make progress. It becomes very difficult to, I guess, feel good about your days. And also when someone feels stressed or they feel like something is off or they feel overwhelmed, looking at these three C's and saying, where am I off? Okay. Because wh where wh what is what is not specifically right right now? Because I mean, it happens to me. Life ebbs and flows. Work ebbs and flows. And at times you do get off balance. At times you do lose clarity. At times you do start doubting yourself. At times you do let your emotions take over. And you know, control doesn't mean ignoring those emotions. It it, it may actually mean control to get regain control. I need to go take a break for a week. Like that in itself could be control and that could also, that requires clarity. And then that requires confidence that I can go do that for myself. So it's, it's not always this, this, this is the one thing I'm doing is what I'm always doing. Yeah. Uh, it ebbs and flows with life. Confidence was something that, yeah, man, if I could go back in time and talk to my younger self uh, and then give myself the, the golden, just the solution, how to have confidence in myself. Do it. It, it would have changed my life right when I was when I was when I was younger I wanted to be a professional soccer player and I just kept underperforming because I held myself to a very high level of performance and you know it's funny you hold yourself to high level performance you perform poorly yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then you start doubting yourself because it's just this vicious cycle and then you start doubting yourself in every area of your life and that develops into some really unhealthy mental and physical habits and it's you know I, I ended up realizing something was seriously wrong and wanting to fix it. And I remember buying like my first per personal development book. It was called Mind Gym. And it was... Yeah, I know it. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. And I wish I actually knew about the inner game of tennis back then. I, didn't, yeah. I did not come across it. But this is when you would still go to Barnes & Noble or the bookstore to get a book. You yeah. didn't, and I didn't see it. It wasn't in the section. So <laughs> I didn't get to go online and look for this kind of stuff. And I remember reading it like it was a like like religiously. Uh, it was, it like had, I felt it had solutions. I felt that it was why I was the way that I was in terms of underperformance. And I, I remember after one practice that I had, I actually decided to, to speak up because the coach was reaming us for, for a poor, a poor game. And I go, coach, you know, something's up with my head. It just keeps getting in my way. <laughs> <laughs> and the coach goes, you know, I'm not your effing therapist. <laughs> well, maybe and it was, it would have helped. <laughs> it was an interesting experience, but you know, maybe as a kid, it, ta it taught me that I need to go, I need to go handle this. I need to go figure this out. And maybe it was more motivation. And who knows, maybe if he said, 
I get it. Maybe that would have changed things. Who knows? But it brought me here today, and it, it is a honor. It. Yep. Yeah, it is a bright memory in my mind and how how important confidence is. And so, in with clients, confidence uh, relates to self-efficacy and self um, self-esteem. So, the belief in oneself and the belief in one's abilities. And those are two very distinct, different components of confidence. Where you know, your mind is your can be your biggest enemy, can be your greatest your greatest critic. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I start with clarity is because if you know what you truly care about and know what you stand for, you stop worrying about what other people think of you. Because you walk into a room and you say, "This is who I am. This is what I care about. This is what I'm driving towards. Yeah. This is what this is what I'm t- this is what I'm." This is where my, my ship is sailing. And someone else goes, well, that's silly. And you go, well, you're not on my ship. I'm tough. And it, it, it lends itself to a greater backbone and greater level of confidence automatically. But still, there are still going to be doubts. And so really understanding what your inner critic is saying to you, why it's saying that to you. Because ultimately, a lack of confidence is just a safety mechanism to keep to, to prevent anything bad happening to you. Something happened in your life that made you think that you were not good at something so that you wouldn't do it, so you wouldn't be disappointed, so nothing bad would happen to your life. That's all it is. Yeah. And so under, understanding that and reframing those negative voices in our head to be more self-serving and positive towards what you care about can help start reprogramming your mind. Now, it's a process, but then that's why you also say, well, what am I not actually good at? And then you start scaling up. So you start listening to podcasts about it. You start reading books about it. You start talking to other people about it and normalizing where you might, you might, might where you should be in life. And I know I just actually fast forwarded past the, the concept of you know understand where your successes are. You know talk to people that and ask them their opinion, get their testimonials, right. create, a, right. create a success journal. You know be practice gratitude because gratitude in itself puts you in the present and. Just you know, decreases the negativity that you focus on on a daily basis. So that's that's confidence in a quick nutshell. Yeah, I love it, and I love your tie-in on gratitude there. So you can focus on the positive versus our brain sometimes really wants to focus on what's missing versus what you have. Always, it's easier. Right? <laughs> it's easier. This is what I lost, not what I've won. Right. This is where this is where I'm lacking now. Everything that I've yeah. achieved, because we just want to survive, right? So any any time something feels like it's it's losing or it's something that we are at risk on our mind focuses on it because it means oh we have to protect ourselves right so you've given us three ideas on um improving the self-critic this is a big topic for me even a couple times this week people are bringing this up and you've given us the idea of tying into your values and knowing and being super clear uh, and bringing clarity to your life can help you with your self-critic. One, also, you talked about working on some of those weaknesses that you may need uh, and improve it. Um, be a lifelong learner, as you mentioned earlier. And then you've also mentioned about gratitude and focusing on what you have as another technique or tool uh, to improve your, your outlook or reduce the self-critic, if you will. Any, any other ideas for us on uh, reducing the self-critic so it can build... And enhance confidence, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Super big fan. And by the way, I'm going to say these, but I'm going to say these with the assumption, or with the hope, or with the disclaimer that if you listen to these, that you will go do one of them. Ooh, and if you're listening it. to this right now, An and you're challenge. not going to do, yeah, if you're not going to do one of them, then you 
you have to turn this off. I'm sorry, Rick. Okay, do it. Say it. <laughs> you, have to, it. You, you, you have to turn this off right That's now. That's the vision, right? We want people yes. to actually improve their lives with this material. Okay, go. So two activities. I'm a big fan of life mapping. So map out your life, big milestones, big achievements, things that you've done, even things that you don't think are that big, write them down. Basically, just map out your life. Mm. And there is power to that. We tend to forget some memories. And if you need help, by the way, we have some great we have some great tools nowadays called Facebook and other social media platforms that allow you to go back in time. That allow you to see pictures. If you have if you had a phone for a long time, do the same thing. Go back in your life, go back through the photos, go back through the text messages, go back through the emails. After you maybe just do a broad overview. You know, you can start off with the big things. This is where I went to school. This is where I was born. This is the apartment I lived in. This is the relationship I was with. But then I would say, get a little bit more detailed about it. This is this is actually can be a fun activity. Yeah. If you if you do it with people that you care about, or just do it on your own, put some good music on, set the mood. Uh, so try that. I promise you that you will notice your achievements in a way, or your or what you have struggled, your struggles, and who you are as a survivor in a way that you haven't before. Uh, the other one, a little bit lighter, is to collect success stories. So reach out to friends, family, people you've worked with, and ask them to write a couple a couple sentences about, about you and what they appreciate. And keep that in a folder on your computer or on your phone yeah. or print them out and have them with you. Because again, you are getting out of the story that you're telling yourself and taking a look at the real story. And the big picture, getting perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love picture. it, Ben. These these are these are nuggets. Can I share one example of? And I, it might have been a combo life mapping or success story. But when I turned 40, my oldest daughter Nicole went uh, with Cheryl, with my wife's help, went and uh, got into childhood friends, teenage friends, college friends, and in our existing community here in Salt Lake. Uh, and asked them to send a note and uh, just an email about Rick, their favorite memory, whatever. And she collated, put this in this uh, with some pictures. And I remember being very emotional. Like, you know, you live your life, you're hard charging, you're working hard, trying to provide, trying to do your best, live your purpose. And when I sat down and read that, and I don't know if it was a life map or success story or a combination, Ben, it was super impactful. It was like I didn't, I hadn't slowed down enough to realize that I might be making a difference and I might be doing okay and I might be, you know, I have all these great relationships and memories and uh, it was really, it made an impactful difference in my life. So I, I think that's what you're talking about here, right? Is that a, is that a good example of it? That's a wonderful example of it. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. No, Very that's much a great so. challenge and I love that you're, because that is our hope and prayer as coaches is that if somebody will listen to this material and try to apply it in their lives. So well done. Okay. Wow. This has been a fantastic discussion. Where's the time gone? So let me ask you maybe one final question. I, I Sorry I got so engrossed in your three C's. That was really well and articulate uh, on how to have self-leadership. But any other advice to people as they're trying to make a great career? Our career you love, as you say it, is is there anything else that you want to add and for people to think about? There was a really big shift in my mindset 
even after knowing about values, even about understanding about just self-leadership and about goals and taking action towards them and incorporating meaning and having an environment that serves you, I still needed to learn that your career is something that progresses over time. And it's funny with life, with relationships, it was just something that I understood. It was every relationship that ends leads you to a better relationship. You learn from it. You learn about yourself. You learn about other people. You progress in your life. The person that you were with then probably wouldn't have been a great fit for your life now. And when it comes to your career, the same thing is true. I actually love using relationship examples when I work with clients on their career because people can relate so directly to them. When you think about where you want to go, what profession you want, what title you want to achieve, a lot of people tend to forget that to get to that place is a natural progression. It's a hierarchy that's been instilled. It's a structure that is ingrained. You can see it. You can look it up. You can talk to people about it. And you're also not ready for 10 steps above where you are now or four steps above where you are now. And so not only is there a natural progression, but you need that progression to become ready for it. And so often people want to fast forward. So people, so often people think they're, they're deserving of it. So be, often people think they'll be happy when they have it. And if they had it today, I promise you it wouldn't be as fulfilling as they think it would be because they actually mentally and physically and emotionally are not fully prepared for it. And so be okay with the fact that things take time. Be okay with the journey because the journey in itself is what serves you. It's like going to university but instead getting paid for it. And so please, as you aspire to earn whatever position you want, whatever organization you want, first off, choose. So make your list of dream organizations. Make your list of people that you want to work with or you want to talk to you and set your sights on them. Start working towards them very intentionally. But then also enjoy the progress and make the most of it. You know, I made a mistake in my career in healthcare where I was constantly, you know, I, I made this mistake actually in a lot of things, even when I was going to grad school and and I tried not to make this mistake when I was getting my doctorate, was that I kept looking for tomorrow. I kept looking for the next mm -hmm. job. I kept looking for more money. So I didn't invest in the relationships. I didn't build the network that I could have built. I didn't do the projects that I could have created for myself because I didn't care about the work that I was doing. I didn't, I, I put myself at a disadvantage. When I get to work with a client that has 15 years of experience, 20 years of experience, 30 years of experience, and they want to work in the same industry, or they want to create a business serving the same types of clients, man, I am excited because I'm like, this is going to be easy because <laughs> huh. you've done all the work already. You've built the business. You just don't know it. Uh, so that's the only thing I would say to add on. Wow, you're, that is very insightful, and I, I can say guilty to both of those points. And as a graduating MBA, and this is the joke about MBAs, that uh, they're graduated and they think they're ready to run the organization. As you said, that's um, not true, and it wouldn't be as fulfilling. And I remember having all those feel, uh, feelings, uh, thinking I could do that job four levels ahead of me, but it is a lot harder than it looks uh, once I got there. So 
enjoy the journey, and then learn, stay present, and learn from everything and everybody around you is great advice. Okay, my friend, this has been very insightful. Anything else uh, as we close that you want to leave? Or how about also where to find you if people want to hear more and, and receive some coaching? Yeah, please look me up on LinkedIn. Send me a direct message. I read and respond to everything. So that's just Dr. Benjamin Ritter. If you want some free content, check out my YouTube channel, just Dr. Benjamin Ritter. If you want to learn more about coaching and download your free guide to creating a career you love, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com liveforyourselfconsulting.com. And hey, by the way, if you let me know that you heard me from this podcast, I'll throw in something fun. You have to contact me to find out what, though. <laughs> well done, Ben. Very insightful. I really appreciate you spending time with us. And uh, have a great day. You as well. <laughs>